and I didn't do my due diligence on this third startup. So I couldn't know the potential, but I knew that I didn't want to invest in the two other startups. And I still wanted to take the opportunity to invest in these startups because they were, they had high potential. They were in some in med tech, some in big data. So the potential was there and the opportunity was there to invest them. I ended up investing in that startup, even though my gut feeling was telling me, don't go there. You don't know them. You don't know them. Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever. Stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk. But to win big, hey, you've got to reduce it. My name is Andrew Stotts from A. Stotts Investment Research, and I'm here with featured guest Raya Skuglan. Raya, are you ready to rock? Well, I've been always ready. Oh, yeah. She's ready. Now, let me tell the audience a little bit about you. Raya is an entrepreneur who believes in the limitless human potential and is dedicated to empowering her peers. Since 2015, she has been helping thousands of entrepreneurs build their networks, gain knowledge, and access capital to be able to start and successfully grow their businesses. In March 2016, she received a Safira Award, and in July 2018, she was nominated by the Nordic Startup Awards in the category of Ecosystem Hero of the Year. She's currently building an online program for entrepreneurs to help them get access to the tools, knowledge, and networks of experts they need to succeed. So ladies and gentlemen, if you're an expert listening, hey, maybe there's something you can contribute when that online program comes online. So yeah, Raya, why don't you take a minute and fill in any further tidbits about your life? Well, uh, I like to also introduce myself like an ex-corporate person, a corporate dropout. I'm very passionate about entrepreneurship and using entrepreneurship as a tool to empower people because we all have knowledge, we all have a potential, and we can actually monetize it to free ourselves, either financial struggle, family situation, or a boring job that we want to quit. And this is the power that I want to put in people's hands to show them how they can do it, actually, to just live the life of their dreams. Fantastic. And two things I would say about that, you know, the first one is, it's amazing how many people are unhappy in their work. Oh, so, yes, indeed. You know, and I was, so I know how it feels. Exactly. The second thing is that a lot of people would be happy to go into uh, a startup and start their own business uh, to do their thing. But man, the skills required and the the networks and the expertise, the tools, this is what you're talking about. And I think that's really fascinating because that person who wants to break free is probably sitting in a situation where they probably have all the skills that they yeah. can do the job and maybe they could expand their little business. But the idea of how do you really take it to the next level and how do you access those tools, very hard. So I commend you for what you're doing and I, I look forward, I'm sure that listeners are gonna be watching closely. So. Now, it's time to share your worst investment ever. And since no one goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, tell us a bit about the circumstances leading up to it and then tell us your story. So, I'm still in that, still invested in that company. It's hard to get out. There's no liquidity. So, how I got there, the environment was in favor, giving me the opportunity to make a good investment. So, everything was there to make sure that this is a good startup. Why I'm saying this, 
It's because this startup has been part of one of the best accelerators programs in the Nordics, an accelerator program for impact startups. And I had a particular interest in impact startups to also keep on trying to contribute to making the world a better place and putting my money where I think it should go. So this company has been part of the accelerator program and we have been given three companies where we could invest. And during two months, we've been almost 30 investors checking on these three companies. So we divided the group in three and we divided, the, yes, the group in three groups. So we were 10, seven, 10-ish investors uh, per startup to do the due diligence during two months. I was involved with two of the startups. I didn't check the last startup. Yes. And that's the startup where I ended up investing. We had two months. It takes time to get to know the founders. You only have an opportunity to meet them once per week during a whole evening. It's intense. You try not only to get to know them, but to challenge them to understand the business, the market, the potential. Who are they? Why are they together with this team? What they have achieved? What's their vision? What are their leadership skills? It is intense it is hard <laughs> to figure out everything to try to secure investment on both sides and, i'm sure it's hard for the oh the yeah CEO, <laughs> what you just described my god yeah they're sitting on a chair and uh, <laughs> having these seven investors <laughs> like they're on a trial and they have to sell their idea and they need money so they're it's hard on both sides. And you thought speed so, dating was tough. Here, oh my God. Honestly, I think that during a speed date, we should ask the same type of questions. What are yeah. your leadership skills? How do you solve a problem within? What is your relationship team, you know? with your family? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. How involved are they in your business? Right, we may have a startup idea right here. <laughs> I, I already just started to work on that. So basically, I was on these two startups. And I was not convinced by none. And the first reason was that they were not based in the Nordics. I like to work with entrepreneurs who I can reach out to. I can help with my network. These two, actually, all the companies were based in the U.S. So that was first hard for me to understand many things, um, many metrics that has to be taken into account. Also, the culture difference. How do we come? I mean, we speak English, but there is a different way of approaching the business, the market, and uh, the relationship with the investor. What an, a Nordic investor is a different U.S. investor. So we've been working on the, doing the due diligence and getting to know these startups, and I was not convinced. So what happened is that a good friend of mine, who was also an investor, was really keen on investing in the, the third startup, and he has been working with them. He took the position of a lead investor. So, so he let me, decided let me to make something clear. So what you're saying is that there was three groups. You were, you were in two of those groups, but you weren't in the third, but there were no. people from, there were people from this overall group that were there. So in, in a sense, what you're saying is that you had to rely on them a bit. Exactly. That was the whole point. Actually, the other, no investor was moving from a group to another. We were relying on each other's expertise and insight right. and understanding because we trust each other and we all have experience or maybe some not enough experience. And it's very important to find investors who have the same profile. There is the money that comes from family. There's the money that comes from business. And it's a different approach. Those who have, we deal with money in different ways. And those who deal with family money can have some interest in, personal interest in giving back more 
because they feel some sort of burden of having this money. So they, they are more willing to invest. And also some people have more money to invest than others. So they're also more willing to take risk. For them, 10,000 euro is not such a bad investment, uh, such a big investment. So you really need to take these metrics into account. So the third group of investors was working with this third startup. And my good friend who's an investor who I trust and I have a good relationship with was very interested in this third startup. He was going to invest, whatever. So he took the position of a lead investor. And when you took this position, because you're so keen, so passionate about the vision and the team and et cetera, you want to onboard other, star- other investors because you want to get more money to close the round because this startup wanted to raise, I don't remember, but I think it was 100,000 euro, euro. So he was very keen to it. And he came to me like talking also on an emotional level, you know, Raya, you can't do this to me, you know, you have to invest. And I trust me, and we are humans. So we're not always making rational choices. And I didn't do my due diligence on this third startup. So I couldn't know the potential, but I knew that I didn't want to invest in the two other startups. And I still wanted to take the opportunity to invest in these startups because they, were, they had high potential. They were in some in med tech, some in big data. So the potential was there and the opportunity was there to invest. I ended up investing in that startup even though my gut feeling was telling me, don't go there, you don't know them. You don't know them. First of all, they're based in the US. How you always want to contribute to support the team with your network, with your knowledge. You want to have some sort of visibility on what they're doing. These people are based in the US. They're talking about coming to Norway. It's true. Now they have a representative in Norway. But still, there is something about them that bothers you. You know, you're not sold on this. And still I invested, I put money in the business. And now, so of course, when they're in Norway, I'm the worst investor in the room. (laughs) So on their side, they should also make sure that who's investing in the company, you can't just accept the money. You need to make sure that, uh, why are they investing? Maybe for the wrong reason. Maybe they just got on board because their friend told them to invest and actually they didn't really want to invest. So I wish... Actually, I would have been, we want to be reassured. As investors, we want to be reassured. We want to make sure that the business, our money has been put in a solid case, that they, we want to see traction. We want to see sales traction. We want to see something happening. And we want to have reports. And the only reports right now that I'm getting, it's newsletters on all the PR and events they've been part of. And this is frustrating. I want to see sales. There is no business if there is no sales. So I'm in this position where actually two weeks ago, I sent a message to my friend, the investor saying, I want to get out of this. <laughs> Are you going to buy my shirt? And he said, no, 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 this team, <laughs> I'm very positive about them. So I think that at some, I want to believe him. I put my money in. We've been through the process of investing with accounting, etc. It's It's heavy. It's a heavy procedure. I, if I think I'm going to have a meeting with him, I want a meeting with the team. Because I want to see traction. I want to see sales. I want to see money coming in. I don't want to see percentage uh, growth percentages because this can be faked. I, I want to see tangible numbers. And if this is not happening, even if my friend believes, the lead investor believes that this is great potential, it's a five-year investment. And anyway, when you invest in a startup, it's, uh, it's not for a short term. Yep. You have to think about at least a minimum of five, seven, up to 10 years to get a return on investment. And even to be able to cash out with something profitable, with something positive. 
So even though he's positive about it, I think I'm just now carrying around this feeling of being uh, fooled by myself, <laughs> being maybe a bit too naive and not respecting my own my metrics, which is you want a team that is in the Nordics. You want a team that you've been following for years. So I have made an investment in another company here. I am so happy about it. I am so happy because I know the people. I've seen them for more than 10 years, even before they started their company. And when they told me that they were together to start a company, I honestly didn't understand what they were doing. Now I understand, but I knew that was going to be a success. And I actually begged them to be an investor. They closed around and they opened it for me <laughs> because I was like, I really need, I really need. And they were like, you know, your friend. I said, if exactly, this is why you need to have me <laughs> because I'm a friend. I believe in you. I've seen you. If I don't invest in you, who I know, who am I going to invest in? So let, let me summarize some of the things that I take away from this story. The first thing is, you know, the, the number one after, after interviewing many people and having more than 500 people submit their stories of their worst investment in writing, I can tell you the number one mistake is not doing the research. And, yeah. and, that's, and now you had a reason. Not, it's not like you were just lazy, like, I'm not, I just don't have time or I'm not interested. You had a reason, which brings us down to mistake number five. So the number one mistake is not doing the research. Number five is misplaced trust and put your trust in this other investor. But what, what you have highlighted, the big lesson for me, is that when you look at a dollar bill or you look at a piece of money, it looks like they're all the same, but they're not. Each are different. It depends on who's giving it to you. And who's giving it to you as a startup depends on their objectives, as you said, and their motives, which can be very different for different investors. So, so what looks good to one may not look good at all to others. Now, I do love to just repeat one of the things that you said that's so brutal. You're so tough. <laughs> really? <You're> so, yeah. <laughs> there's no business if there's no sales. Ow. <laughs> yeah. That's brutal. And that's, that's the reality. And, but it reminds me of I'm not very good at giving relationship advice, but occasionally people misguidingly come to me and ask me to talk to them. They want to talk to me about their relationship. And I say to them, all right, I heard your story. I'm just going to ask you one question. And the question, uh, I just want a, a yes or no answer. And that's the only question I'm going to ask you. And they say, okay, what's that? And my question is, knowing what you know today, about the person that you're dating, if they walked up to you today to start a relationship, would you start it? And people say, well, you know, and I say, no, just yes or no. If the answer is yes, then you need to double down and, and, and invest more in building that relationship and making sure that other person knows that. But if the answer is no, you know, and now I'm not saying that that can always apply in investing. But certainly, if we were to ask that question to you today, I suspect I know what your answer is. And you have one good piece of, of your story is that you have a lead investor that's so positive about the company that maybe you've got a buyer. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> I mean, love it so possible, much, you get more rather, of it. He'd rather double down. Yeah. I mean, let's get more. So, anyway, yeah. those are, that's what I take away. Is there anything you'd add Good. to what I what I've said? I would really say it's a bit it's a bit cheesy, you know, and non-rational, but actually, it's very rational. Just trust your gut feeling. This is so important. If you don't feel like something is right and you don't feel like you feel like you've been forced or pushed, just like if it's one percent of that feeling, just get out. That's not you're gonna be dragging that feeling all along the way. Yep. And you said it's it's cheesy or something, but it's not cheesy. In fact, after many interviews of many people, I can tell you that when you go against your gut, chances are you're gonna lose. So oh, yeah. I think you're very right. All right. So based upon what you've learned from this story and what you continue to learn, what one action would you recommend our listeners take to avoid suffering the same fate when they're faced with a similar circumstance? A good, highly rational friend that you respect is recommending you to, do, to buy some particular asset. What should they do? What's your advice? Do your own homework. Yeah. Yep. Perfect. That's my advice. I think that's, that's, that's the great learning from this is that you have to stop and do your own homework. Well, last question. What's your number one goal for the next 12 months? I want the audience mm -hmm. to know what you're fired up about. So as you mentioned, we're building this online course and we are bringing our network of experts in the field of investment, the field of branding, of PR. We're basically creating this package all in one platform and course where you can really go from a vision uh, to a scalable business, scalable startup. It's eight to 10 modules, one per week with a live session where you can ask all your questions. We also have a Nordic-based legal company who's joining to give access to contract templates, all the contract templates you need when you start and grow your company with your team and with investors, which means that uh, there will be available shareholder agreements, uh, uh, memorandum of understanding, contract templates for employees, spreadsheets for uh, any investments uh, you do. So term sheets, sorry. So we just want you to make it, we want to make it simple for anyone to be able to start a business with the right guidance, with the right network to understand who's who in the ecosystem, who, how to approach an investor. When are you actually investor ready? We want to crack the code of success for a startup and make it easier for anyone to go from an idea to a profitable business. Bam. That's very exciting. And just because our listeners are from all around the world, tell us about it from a perspective of where you're at as far as it's launching originally, like for instance, in, in Norway or in Nordic countries, or is it Europe or is it the world? How do you view your expansion? So actually, we're, we're taking a Nordic perspective. We are launching this spring. The modules are tailored to the needs of Nordic entrepreneurs simply because we're bringing, actually, we're bringing Nordic successful entrepreneurs to share their knowledge and companies, legal company, a bank as a partner who are based in the Nordics. But we're already trying to look abroad. So for example, actually, one of the first speakers is going to be Casey Fenton, who's the founder of Couchsurfing. And he's based in San Francisco. So we, we're already having, we're starting with the Nordics, but with a global Yeah, I guess, I guess out of your different modules, a lot of them will be global. I mean, raising capital is kind of a global thing, exactly. whereas some of them will be local. 
such as mm -hmm. the local laws or, you know, uh, for company exactly. registration or something. So good. Well, I think there's a lot of potential in that and there's a lot of potential to expand that because all you have to do is replace the local component in. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. You've got something that's expandable. Well, that's fantastic. Well, listeners, there you have it. Another story of loss to keep you winning. To find more stories like this, previous episodes, and resources to help you reduce your risk, visit myworstinvestmentever.com. As we wrap up, Raya, thank you again for coming on the show. I know it's painful talking about our losers, but our listeners are learning to win as a result. Do you have any parting words for the audience? Keep going. Never stop. <laughs> All right. And if you guys could see her, she is full of passion. So that's a wrap on another great story to help us create, grow, and most importantly, protect our well fellow risk takers. I'll see you on the upside.